I'd like to thank you for inviting me on the show. It's such an honour to be here and I'd just like to say that when I'm not playing Xbox with my mate Thor, I really like to listen to my favourite podcast, Pop Culture Pasta. Hey Dave, I'm thinking about doing another revolution. Do you want to join up? I might need some help with organising the pamphlets though. Pop Culture Pasta So Cody, um, I just wanted to let you know that our Facebook page is being, uh, it, we're in trouble of having it deleted if you don't click on a malicious link in this message we got sent. Oh. So if we click on the malicious link, our Facebook page will be saved. Thank goodness. Whew, I know. That was a close one. <laughs> wow. I, I was not prepared for how many of those we would get, those messages. Who's fallen for those messages, by the way? I want to click on all of them. <laughs> Just to see what happens. See if it takes down our whole page, my phone. Uh, well, you can ask John Christ what <laughs> happens when you click on the malicious links. Uh, you lose control of your page and people post half-naked pictures of women. Did you see? Did you know that's what happened to John Christ's Facebook page? Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Were you not a follower of John Christ? No, not at all. No. You said that like you're judgy. Um, Christian comedians... At times, like it depends on if you are good or not. Like if you're good, I love it. But if like your stuff's flat and basic, I'm out. Yeah, like, you, so you're inferring that John Christ is basic. Um, outside of like a few videos, yes. Okay, I'm not arguing with you because I could see that. Like, I don't find all his stuff funny. I, I will give him credit. Like, he really figured out how. He was one of the first to figure out how to use Reels or TikTok or whatever you want to yes. call it. The little short videos. He really figured that out. Uh, so I'll give him credit for that. But I don't know. Some of his stuff's funny. Some of it, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not all there. But anyways, and then he got in trouble, I guess, <laughs> with the Christian community because, you know, he had to go into rehab for uh, being a sex addict. That's a thing. Yeah, you know, that's a thing that happens when... Anyways, let's, I won't go there, but it seems like that's the celebrity thing to do when you get caught in any sort of impropriety. Mm. Say, well, it's not my fault, I'm addicted. It was like, and, you know, from a pastoral sense, we, I got you, and we're all broken. I'm not judging, but... I will judge your comedy, though. I am impressed that, you know, he's still out there doing his thing and selling out shows. So I'm assuming Christians still go see him. They forgave him. Um, if you buy me a ticket and are willing to drive, I will go there. Oh, okay. I think we should do that. We should just, me and you, we should go check out a show. Boom. Uh, we're we're already thinking about going to uh, Bray Hansen's followership conference. That's a thing that happened. That is a thing. We were chatting with our, our friend Brant. Brant's cool. Yeah, he is. And he, he said maybe he'd let he'd allow us to speak. My words, not his. <laughs> this is true. Um, okay. Welcome. This is Pop Culture Pastor. My name is Dave. Cody's here. I am. And it's just us tonight. And uh, we, I think we got a fun show. Uh, we didn't really know. We didn't really know what to, to talk about this week. Grab bag. So you're getting a grab bag of pop culture news tonight. I will give you some show notes next week. We're going to do a Be Kind Rewind again on the Muppet Christmas Carol. 
this keeps with our tradition of Christmas Carol movies during the Christmas season. Yeah. Last uh, year we did Spirited. Yes. Which yeah. was shockingly funny. Yeah, I really like Spirited. My kids love Spirited. They were they've rewatched it a couple times this year. The, it was just one time for me. And maybe like a few years from now I'll be like, I wonder if that Ryan Reynolds Will Ferrell movie's funny. <laughs> and it i'll is. go back it is and um maybe next year uh, since we're doing muppet christmas carol maybe next year we do scrooged with bill murray what yeah that's a good one and bobcat goldthwaite don't forget the bobcat um come for the bill murray stay for the bobcat yeah yeah well that's what we did back in the 80s <laughs> um yeah and so after that you might be wondering, so how are we going to round out the year? And I'll tell you, Cody, we're going to round out the year with the first annual 2023 Pop Culture Pastor Awards. Oh. Yeah, that's a thing. Vaunted. Vaunted, much desired awards. Sweet. And, and what I'm thinking is, is uh, we'll, we'll just get all our categories together. I'll, we'll nominate some people, and then I'll let the geeks of the round table vote on it, and then we'll do the show. Should we do the show and announce the winners, or should we do a show where I announce the nominees and let the geeks vote? That seems like it would be a lot of moving parts. I have no thoughts right now. <laughs> All right, so I'm playing in it. <laughs> uh, but you could help me think of some categories, and the listeners could too. They can help us think of what, like, what awards should be on our annual awards show. Mm. So if you have ideas, comment on the uh, social media post for this episode. All right. So, Cody, we're, we're going to just run through some news here. Um, would you like to tell me about what the heck is going on with Doctor Who? Oh, okay. So uh, I don't know if this is news. There seems to be... The controversy. It's not really. If you're a Doctor Who fan. If you're not a Doctor Who fan, then you're just trying to stir the pot. Um, so, 60th anniversary. This is it. Mm-hmm. And so there's a three-episode run for the 60th anniversary. They brought back David Tennant in an unprecedented move Uh to have him not only be the 10th Doctor, uh, but also the 14th. I think my numbers are right. I could be off. Again, my mind is full of emptiness right now. But uh, so David Tennant's back. Um, Disney is the one releasing uh, this on streaming. And then, of course, it's on BBC. But it has the Disney budget. Oh boy. So, like, honestly, if you watch these three episodes you're and you're a fan of the old stuff, you're going to be like, I don't think the show from its start back 60 years ago up until, like, a month ago used this much of a budget. Like, they poured in the cashola compared to what they normally do. Because at times, Doctor Who looks like a sci-fi channel show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know that Disney being attached to it is the, 
the the win that it once was. Um, Disney's had a rough year. So I, it's not being Doctor Who's its own thing. It's like if Harry Potter went to Disney. Yeah, it, yeah. But it. Okay, so have you watched this yes, new I, episode? I, 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 no, I've watched all three new episodes. Okay, so apparently what I'm reading here is is the big the big thing is that uh, the doctor usually generates into a new doctor. Yes. But apparently they've split into two doctors? Yeah. Which, okay, so it, there's two things going on here. Mm-hmm. One, I think they brought back David Tennant. Because you needed a familiar face and a biggish name. Um, and it was either bring back David Tennant or Matt Smith. I don't think you get Matt Smith because he's doing House of Dragon or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's the big. Game of Thrones show is Hot D, as the youth call it. Yes. And so um, you, you bring back David Tennant and then instead. You have him split, and when he splits, um, he remains, and that gives the Disney crowd and others um, the chance to not only follow David Tennant's doctor, the 14th doctor, and maybe doing more mundane things versus traveling all through space and time, uh, but... You also follow Shuti Gatwa, uh, the new doctor, mm-hmm. um, and um, which you get all those new adventures. So I think you'll get limited things with David Tennant just periodically. Because he's busy. Cause he's got other things going on, right? He does, slash, I think that it's just like for these special occasions. Um I mean, it's it's a cash grab. Oh, okay. is what I view it as. I the only reason I had real issue with it, I'm cool with the doctor splitting. That part doesn't bother me. It was bringing back David Tennant in the first place mm-hmm. um, because uh, first run with David Tennant, you have him saying, "I don't want to leave," as like his final words, and it's all tearful and everyone's crying. Um, he comes back for the 50th special, uh, with Matt Smith and, um, is it John Hurt? Is that who was, um, as the wartime doctor? And so you have that, um, happen. Yeah, it was John Hurt. And, um, he leaves again with the same phrase, but this time it's more happy. And it's like when there's a big anniversary there's usually multiple doctors. It makes sense. Okay. But um, there's something extra big and important about what's going on. And so this one, I think, kind of washes out some of the past stuff with David Tennant. Yeah. And also the issue is the 60th anniversary three episodes it wasn't super bombastic like the 50th was. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when you have an anniversary special, it, it there's something very special about it. Now, Neil Patrick Harris being in it was cool. And I think it's setting up 
some great things, but it's kind of heavy handed with its hinting at where it's going. So we'll see. Yeah. I saw that the Doctor Who fandom was divided. Um, I, I don't know. I just think we're in this time and place where all this IP, we've talked about this with Lord of the Rings. We've talked about it with Star Wars. We talked about it with DC and Marvel. I think we're just in this place where uh, after so long out in the world, right, when your IP has been out there long enough, like I just don't know that you can make every anyone and everyone happy. Uh, well, I mean, this is where Whovians have been for ever. Oh, they've been doing this a while. Uh, yeah, because so the thing is, David Tennant kind of brought the popularity of Doctor Who back after Eccleston was the initial reboot Doctor, and then Matt Smith like carried it to all new heights. And this is where, like, it starts appealing to Americans is during the Tenant Smith years. And Netflix has it, and so you're able to easily access it. And that's where a lot of American fans jump on board. Um, after that, uh, you have uh, Peter uh, Capaldi uh, take over, and then you have Jody. And with Peter, you had a huge drop-off because the Doctor wasn't young. There really wasn't that romantic, like, weird vibe going on. Because you get that sometimes with the Doctor, although usually nothing really happens. Um, but you get that vibe. But with him being older-looking, wasn't there. And then some people weren't ready for a female Doctor. So, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I had a discussion with someone today about they wanted to talk about Star Wars and Marvel and what's going on. And I just think um, the, these corporate run entities that run all these IPs now, they don't really care about um, the, the, the thing that people loved about the stories in the first place. They just, it's a cash grab. You said uh, they'll make cash grabs. And so they're like, oh, bring this guy back and put this in there and uh, do this. And, you know, like for all intents and purposes, I can sit here and say Rings of Power, for instance, on Amazon, uh, was a good story and a well-made story. But did the corporateness of it, did that lead them to move away from why people loved those stories to begin with? Maybe. I mean, you can make it the, the characters that appear in Lord of the Rings that are present in Rings of Power, like Galadriel especially, seems a, a bit off like than what you would think she would be. I get that. On, I, so I enjoyed the series, but at the same time, I can understand if someone feels that way. But I just think it's, you know, she was kind of girl power-ish, which you understand why she is in Lord of the Rings, where she's been around for so long and she's kind of a leader. Mm -hmm. But at this stage of her life, you would have expected that not to be so much the case, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. The IP uh, Star Wars is just a mess. I don't think Doctor Who's in the same boat as Star Wars. Okay. I think that it's fine. I So it really remains to be seen what they're going to do just because with Doctor Who... There's like a million different stories that can be told because you go past, future, same planet, other planets, other realities, 
um, universes. I mean, the possibilities are endless. Theoretically, uh, David Tennant's uh, wife, who played the daughter or the doctor's daughter in an episode, and she really is a daughter of one of the old doctors from the 80s. Um, literally, like, she's still roaming out there in the universe somewhere. Mm. And so, like, you don't even have to do anything with David Tennant, but you can. And I think that's where they're going. Okay. I'm, this is all interesting to me. Not interesting enough for me to start watching Doctor Who. <sighs> Again, <laughs> just go to HBO and start with the Christopher Eccleston run. It's one season. Then you got like a handful seasons of David Tennant and a handful seasons of Matt Smith. And then you're caught up almost. Geek Scotty and Cody have been like Bernie Sanders with me. Once again, I am asking you to start watching Doctor Who. Oh, like, honestly, we could have done the Christmas Carol episode of Doctor Who for a Be <laughs> Kind Rewind. You would have been crying and tearing up. Someday. Someday, maybe. Um, you you requested this story. This was a late-breaking story uh, just today, as a matter of fact. Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. My twin. <laughs> I hear it all the time that people say, uh, why, how did you get to be friends with The Rock? Yes. And I'm like, that's not The Rock. That's Cody. Um, we look like in the muscles. Common mistake. Uh, he's going to be taking, apparently, his most dramatic role that he's ever taken on. Um, an A24 film, which is a big deal. Yeah. So A24, is that like an art house studio? They seem to come out with like all the, the we, we're in the middle of this run of like weird America Falls type movies. You got that one that just came out on Netflix, the Leave the World Behind about oh, the yeah. mm-hmm. about the uh, uh, cyber attack on the on America. And then I just saw a trailer came out today for one called Civil War. Same thing, America Falls. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, what is happening? Are we, are we totally into like post-apocalyptic, post-America apocalyptic movies and now? And there is the the new Planet of the Apes. Oh, well, that's just post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Well, not, it is not specifically American, but it happened. The though. first one, it was specifically America. I need to go back and watch those because I really rather enjoyed the Planet of the Apes, the new Planet of the Apes. My wife loves them. And then I say the title obnoxiously, like Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that is obnoxious. (laughs) I'm not not even, I kind of liked the Marky Mark one way back when, the the remake of Planet of the Apes, like the original. Mm. Mm -hmm. That was, I I mean, I want to say that came out like maybe the late 90s. Late 90s, early aughts, somewhere around there. The Planet of the Apes franchise, you either love it or you don't. Are there people that don't like it? The James Franco one, like from that one on, the new ones? Because I thought those were all pretty good. Like, I know people that obsess over them. And then you have me that's like, oh, that was okay. Oh, I don't obsess over them. They're just like popcorn movies to me. I enjoy them. I think there's just something I like about talking monkeys um, or apes. Did I just mis mis uh, breed them? You did. Okay. And if it has a tail, it's a monkey. If it's not a doesn't have a tail, it's an ape. I miss Charlton Heston. <laughs> 
being in them. No, no, <laughs> you darn dirty apes. What did you do? Okay. Yeah, that was good. The classic's good. Yeah. I don't think I understood what was going on all the time when I was a kid watching the classics. On, you didn't need to know. On a Saturday afternoon, but I understood I understood the, the, the Charlton Heston. Chuck. Ah, Charlton Heston. Okay. Uh, anyways, we started that talking about A24 uh, doing a movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's going to star in something called The Smashing Machine as real-life mixed martial arts fighter Mark Kerr a two-time UFC heavyweight tournament champion. So um, do you know anything about this guy? About the uh, the guy that the story is based on? No. Yeah. So, so. apparently this this will this guy uh, that's making this movie also, H, uh, there was a HBO documentary called The Smashing Mach- Machine, uh, details Kerr's professional career in his rise through the fighting world, as well as his battle with an addiction to painkillers that led to an overdose. So is this guy dead? That's kind of sad. Spoiler alert. Uh, um, <laughs> don't. Yeah, we don't want to give up. So you heard it here first. This will be the film Dwayne The Rock Johnson gets nominated for an Oscar. Oh, you think so, huh? It's happening. You heard it. Okay. Mark your calendars. This date. Is he too big, though? Like, UFC fighters don't look like The Rock. Um, The Rock is huge. My friend Brock Lesnar would disagree. Brock, but Brock is weird because he's like that. He's like a professional wrestling crossover type guy. Who was a champion in both. No, I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying your usual mixed martial arts guys don't look like The Rock. And there is, so there was, I don't know if there still is because I'm not into UFC, but there was a larger contingency that uh, also was starting to develop like a wrestling, like Olympic style wrestling background as like their foundation and then having some mixed martial arts added to it. Mm. So you're getting some of these bigger guys, but do you watch UFC? Used to. Used to, but not anymore. No. Why'd you stop? Uh, a, I only watched if a friend paid for the pay-per-view. <laughs> well, yeah, Cody was frugal. Um, <laughs> and still is with that. Um, also like, Sometimes the matches would last forever and there'd be hardly any action. Other times you get one knee to the face, boom, it's over. Yeah. And so, and then like there was such a quick turnaround on, well, so-and-so was champ for like 16 months and that's it. Their career's done. It's over. Yeah. Okay. So you're stumbling all over the reasons why I'm kind of not a fan of the UFC. I, I grew up loving boxing. I love boxing, and UFC just seems to be a sport. Uh, first of all, it's way more brutal. Um, I just don't like watching. It's like too much for me sometimes. Uh, but more so, I feel like you can't be dominant in that sport. And I kind of like to see the guys that are really, really good be dominant. Uh, so in boxing, you get those dominant people in the sport of boxing because there's more Um, I guess defense would be a good way to say it. Whereas in UFC, yeah, like 
you you can have a really dominant fighter just take a fluke knee to the head and that's it. He's done. Mm-hmm. And um, it just seems like that's something that happens in UFC more. And I guess if you're a person who likes shocks, that you might really like UFC. I don't. I kind of like to see the 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 cream rise. Slash, like for a while, there was too many personalities that I didn't think were necessarily good at fighting. Looking at you, Conor McGregor and CM Punk. <laughs> Was CM Punk doing UFC too? Yeah. Oh wow. It was rough. Yeah, Conor McGregor is really annoying to me. He's really annoying because, well, I mean, I saw him box and that was not impressive. But that fight was not impressive uh, from a boxing standpoint. Yeah. You had what was that Floyd Mayweather? He was doing a cash grab. Yeah, he looked. He did, he did not look in shape. <laughs> And he still dominated Connor. Anyways, I'm, I don't want to talk about that because I know the Connor heads will come out and attack me, and I'm not really interested. I don't really care. Um, CM Punk's back at wrestling, though. I saw that. He was making some headlines. Making the dough because like, he now has the number one selling shirt in both companies, and That's, he's not even in one of the companies. It's kind of fascinating to see where wrestling's at now because I don't follow wrestling now. It, it, you know, I did in the past. And there was a while there, like during the Attitude Era, like your your most popular wrestlers, maybe minus Ric Flair, were always big, muscular guys. And now mm. it seems like the most popular guys are, well, UFC-style type guys. A little bit leaner. Um, So Roman Reigns is built like The Rock. Yeah, he's bigger. He's built. Um, but yeah, Seth Rollins is a much more narrow frame. Um, CM Punk is. Um, but you do got some guys that still hold true to that more stone cold Dwayne the Rock Johnson big yeah. frame. Well, you're getting a good idea of how this episode's going to go, by the way. We're free-flowing and going all over the place. And you're that's kinda, welcome. That's kind of what we're doing today. This is a grab bag. Um, the next thing I want to talk about, Cody, is Felicity Huffman. Are you familiar with Felicity? She was married to someone. Uh, she's married to William H. Macy. Oh, I thought they got a divorce. Oh, did they? Did I make that up? I, I don't know. I don't know. You can look that up while I kind of fill everyone else in. Uh, Felicity Huffman was on Desperate Housewives. A show I did not watch. Uh, I did watch it. It was a guilty pleasure. My wife was kind of into that show, and I, we watched it together. And uh, we like kind of those stupid drama shows where they just kind of get more more ridiculous as they go on. Um, but that's not really what Felicity Huffman is known for anymore. What she's known for now is her involvement in the infamous college admission scandal that landed her and Full House's Lori Laughlin in the clink. They went to the slammer. Um, I think that there was talks of maybe a divorce. Um, Do you think it was over this? Do you think it was over her involvement? I, well, it came out around that time, but I think they're still together. So, um, so basically what she did was she paid $15,000 to falsify her daughter's SAT scores back in 2017. Um, like, was she going to have trouble? I, I don't really, I didn't understand any of this. I even watched the documentary and I'm still like, why? 
were these were these kids gonna have trouble? Like all they had to do is donate money to whatever alumni foundation. <laughs> Literally, I don't know what the big deal is with this whole scandal. Because like, well, once, I, once you start falsifying scores, that's the big deal. Well, that's still like if they're paying the full tuition rate. So what? Yeah, but okay. So like, that, that's where I'm at. Say they go to Harvard. Like everyone who's ever graduated Harvard, if it gets they get caught, like they did, then there there's a chance that it devalues your degree. Well, right now Harvard has bigger issues. Yeah, well, right. I know, and I don't want to get into that because college is a mess, anyways. But I it doesn't devalue because half the time these people would drop out of the school anyway, and so. <laughs> Yeah, so it's confusing. However you want to break it down, it was weird. It was weird that these rich celebrities, like Lori Laughlin, was doing this, falsifying her kids' scores so they could get into USC, like a state school, which is, again, that's so weird. Because I'm just assuming she could have donated money to the Alumni Foundation and and her kids would have been in. Probably. Uh, But anyways... Felicity Huffman, neither one of them have really done any interviews or anything since then. Well, Felicity did an interview. She's back. And normally, I still wouldn't have been interested. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have been like, I didn't see, I didn't hear, oh, she gave an interview. Hot stuff. Let's talk about this on the pod. But then I read what she said. And Cody, some of this stuff, you just have to hear it to believe it. Okay? Because I'm before I even tell you. Oh, well, let me just read her quotes first. Let's just go through some of her quotes. You ready for this? Okay, this is her first quote. Quote, it felt like I had to give my daughter a chance at a future. So it was sort of like my daughter's future, which meant I had to break the law. Mmm. What? Any thoughts besides mmm? Because that's bonkers, right? That is absolutely bonkers. Well, the thing is, I know if she was on Desperate Housewives, the whole series run. Yeah, she was on. Yeah, from she beginning made to end. bank. Of course she made and bank. And William H. Macy makes bank. Yeah. Like your daughter <laughs> has generational wealth without you having to make her go to college. She could have gone to Neosho County Community <laughs> College and been just fine. Simi Valley Community <laughs> College could have, this is where she could have gone. That's the equivalent. Oh my goodness. Yeah, like this is insane. So she goes on. Um, adding on the day of the exam that she considered turning her car around and driving her daughter home instead of to the testing location, but instead endured personal shame and went through with it anyway for her. Do you see what she's doing here? She's painting herself in her mind as the hero. Well, so mm, she, she probably should have watched a film I really didn't care for called Napoleon. Why? Why should she have watched that? Because this is what the rich elite were doing in France around that time. What were they doing? They were paying to get their kids to go to Paris U? They were portraying themselves that, 
Oh, we're really the victims here, and we're trying to be heroes. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's. you're jumping ahead a little bit, because here she's just painting herself as the hero. I just had to do this for my daughter. You know, she's putting herself in that light. The, the victim part hasn't even started yet. So here, as we go down the article, she starts talking about the, the incident where she was arrested by the FBI. So the FBI raids her home, and they they bring her in at gunpoint, right? Yeah! <laughs> I was here for this. <laughs> she says, quote, they put my hands behind my back and handcuffed me, and I asked if I could get dressed, and I thought it was a hoax. I literally turned to one of the FBI people in a flak jacket and a gun, and I went, is this a joke? See, you see what she's doing? Now she's painting herself as the victim. Uh, like, yes, it's a serious deal. Like, the whole college framework kind of rests on these stupid tests. And granted, we, we could have a whole nother discussion on how dumb these things are. I did good on the ACT, so... So they're not dumb to you? <laughs> it is great. <sighs> Spoken like a privileged white person. Indeed. Oh, all of Twitter just applauded me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Dave. You tell him. You tell that oppressor. I am just someone that actually does well in tests. I yeah. don't have test anxiety, so... Yeah, me too. I got a pretty high score on the ACT on two hours of sleep and <laughs> no studying. Yeah. And, and granted, um, is it because I'm maybe a little privileged? Sure. Sure. I got a good education that I mostly squandered. I also might be good at memorization at times. Yep, me too. And that's the problem with these dumb tests. Is they, they don't, don't measure what they're supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, they don't they measure they measure memorized knowledge, but that's what school does. Yep. It doesn't really measure complete smartness and wisdom and knowing things and usefulness to the society, right? Yeah. So like, that's a whole different discussion. Anyway, she's going to, she's not done. Um, she, she ultimately served, uh, two months in prison before being released. Only <laughs> now I will say, as someone that thought it was just bogus that she even had to go, what, you I, thought it was bogus she had to go to prison? Yeah. Why? Because this... Oh, what did Lori Laughlin... Oh, no, no, no. Wait. I'm sorry. Lori Laughlin served two months. Felicity Huffman spent 11 days. Oh. 11 days in jail. And she's like out here talking about how, you know, making herself the victim. Um, I mean, again, like, who's the victim in this crime? Especially since they got caught. They weren't good at it, clearly. Oh, no, it's a victimless crime. And so, at that point, make them pay a huge fine. That would have been more than just. Yeah. And then have them do all the community service hours, and life's great. The more technology takes over, though, this is going to be a problem. Academia is in trouble. Um, literally, spoiler alert, Derek Rose... Didn't take his SATs. The basketball player? Yes. And that's why Memphis had to forfeit their final four slash championship game appearance. <laughs> so. Yeah, he probably wasn't the only one. Indeed. I mean, literally. 
this like if they're having to go to prison there's a bunch of other people that probably should be right behind them and that's why our prisons are overcrowded because we just arrest everyone and their mom and okay. make them serve time. I need you to get past that part because this is the best part of the whole article. Right? Okay. I'm going to remind you, Felicity Huffman spent 11 days in jail. You ready for this? Uh, she finished the interview by talking about how uh, she is hoping that her story would bring attention to the families that go through legitimate channels to advance education in their families. Okay. What? <laughs> Listen, that's, I haven't even got to the funny part yet. Yeah, that's a little weird and generic. She's hoping that's just her still being the victim, like, and and the the you know kind of the martyr. Like she's like, well, I'm hoping that it'll raise awareness for families who try to get their kids into college. Which again, like, listen, if you want to go to college, your kid can go to college. Um, literally. She might as well said, I was hoping to bring attention to save the whales. <laughs> oh, but, but hold on. Uh, she's, she's helping with a, uh, a, a new organization that she's helped start. The New Way of Life organization, which aims to help formerly incarcerated women get back on their feet through job placement, housing, and other services. She was in prison for 11 days. <laughs> So this was her scared straight moment. And now she's actually doing something helpful. Like, look, no, I'm not saying that it might not be helpful. I'm just saying that it's her starting it after spending her week and a half in the clink. I wonder if she was pin pals with Martha. (laughs) Since Martha had to go through that herself. For what it's worth, both Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin have returned to acting. So it didn't hurt their careers um, in any is way. Lori back in Hallmark? Yes. She, oh, well, th- no. Even better. The Great American Family Network with our friend um, Candace. Oh. Candace Cameron Beret. So. So even more Christian. It's more full house. We love the Lori Laughlin. <laughs> we got Lori. <laughs> uh, and Felicity's got an even better job. She's on The Good Doctor. You know that show, The Good Doctor? That's still on? Apparently. Oh. It's the article says she's on it. Well, way to go, Felicity. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Felicity Huffman still maybe a little out of touch with reality. Um, That's what I'm going to say. American hero, Felicity Huffman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's looking out for all the rich people everywhere who just want their kids to go to college. <laughs> Just, they want them to do college. Send them to a vocational school. Can you imagine their kids showing up to college? Like, um, Because they probably theoretically still went, right? They probably Um, still ended up going to a college somewhere, right? Oh, I know Lori's tried to, and then she was like, I'm making enough money off TikTok. Oh, man, yeah. Lori Laughlin's kids on the documentary, that I was not impressed. I bet she showed up to her first day of classes at Simi Valley Community College. It was just like, hey, I'm here to do TikTok and Instagram influencing and go to Biology 101. Sweet. <laughs> Some poor teacher making 25, 30 grand a year was like, whatever. <laughs> just sit down. No, you don't have to turn your phone off. <laughs> um, okay. Let's segue into someone who maybe deserves our attention. 
Uh, Felicity Huffman, I don't think necessarily deserves our attention, nor does Lori Loughlin, unless they make a great, you know, Hallmark Christmas movie. Okay. Uh, do you remember um, the Santa Claus from Home Alone? I do, because every time I saw him, I'm like, he kind of reminds me of Newman from Seinfeld, even though it's not him at all. Well, he's been in tons of stuff. He was in Armageddon. He was in Armageddon, yes. Uh, he was in a show called Herman's Head that I loved back in the early days of Fox. That's a show I don't think I ever watched. Oh, uh, it was about this guy, and you could see his... It, it was like... Uh, it was... Um, you know, what's that... What's that uh, Pixar flick with the emotions where you can see what's going on inside her head? Yes. What You don't remember the name of that? Um, golly. <laughs> Anyways, it was that before that, uh, except live action, Herman's head. Um, he inside was, out. Yeah, inside out. He was in Groundhog Day. Remember, he was the, you off to see the Groundhog? He was that guy? <laughs> He's been in tons of stuff. And um, you sent me this article. I did. As a matter of fact, and I read it and I just was like, oh, no. Um, so it's been a crazy chaotic week for, well, or two weeks for our Home Alone friends. My friend Macaulay got his star on the Walk of Fame and then this news broke. Yeah. And so this includes a little bit why I think that the strike was actually important. Um, that kind of gets lost because you're, all you think of are the big corporations and the big actors who all make all the money. Looking you, Macaulay. Um, but Ken Hudson Campbell, who played Santa in, in Home Alone, the, the Santa that was obviously not Santa. Um, he gave Tic Tacs. Yes. <laughs> He's been battling cancer for a while, apparently. Mm. Uh, so cancer is a big tumor. Tumors in his mouth. It's called squamous cell carcinoma oh yes mm -hmm. and over the last couple of years he's apparently got a lot of biopsies they've tried to control it well and his daughter is actually the one giving this interview and they he he lost his uh sag after health insurance back in i want to say this was well i don't want to i don't want to put words in her mouth um, apparently at some point he lost his SAG after health insurance because maybe he wasn't working enough cause he's older and he got this, this cancer mm -hmm. and he just stopped treating it because he lost his health insurance. And so like got to a point where it had something had to be done. Of course he doesn't have any money and it, the cancer became aggressive and, um, they did a, they did a GoFundMe. Mm. And, and people generously gave to it. And um, apparently, like, they didn't, he must have not, he didn't want to do this this interview himself, apparently. This is all his daughter doing this interview for people. But he said he, he uh, just cried mm. when, when he saw that people had donated to his cause. And I just think, like, what a naturally great thing for people to do. Um, through the wonder, I love the internet and I love that GoFundMe, what GoFundMe can do for people. And I know that some people take advantage of it and that not everything's on the up and up. But a guy like this, Ken Hudson Campbell, who we probably don't even remember his name, but we've probably seen 20 movies he's been in. At least. And he brought entertainment to us. And that has value, that that, that has some finite value to your life. And so it just warms my heart that 
uh, his story got out there because his daughter posted this on GoFundMe and uh, he's doing well, she says. That he got the surgery, the cancer was successfully removed, and he's being treated. He's gone through chemo and all this stuff, and he's doing good. That's good. Um, I do like when you get good stories of people helping, Yeah, but it also points out why the uh, strike was important, and us as viewers or people that take in the the art of theater, uh, movies, TV, cinema, that, like, ah, there's more to it than just the actual works of art that are produced. Yeah. And it's hopefully the new deal they got addressed cases like this, where just because this guy got older and he wasn't able to do movies anymore... That he just doesn't get dropped by like most every job we have has some sort of retirement package, right? Yep. Like when you do a career like this guy did, I mean, he was acting for years, Cody. He's been in movies for years. And so for that insurance to just run out on him, that was just so sad. And and so hopefully they got a better deal for the guys who aren't, you know, George Clooney, who aren't just going to keep working until they die or Tom Cruise. Or buy an alcoholic beverage company, make a billion dollars, and sell it. Yeah. So, anyways, he's doing good, and that's great. And because I loved him, and especially in Armageddon, he was great. He was a uh, yeah. Was he? Uh, I can't remember. He was a rockhound. That was Buscemi, I think. Yeah. He, although he was the other big guy. Yes, he was <laughs> not Michael Clark Duncan, the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of people who say crazy things. Like uh, our friend Felicity Huffman. Let's talk about Jada Pinkett Smith for a second. Um, hero and icon. <laughs> She's still doing interviews. And this interview took me aback because I, I'm just so confused. So last when last we brought up the Smiths and Jada Pinkett and Will, um, they weren't together and hadn't bitten for a long time. Right? Yep. They were separated, and that was a big shock to everybody because they were apparently pretending they were, but she just kept saying things that were, I, I have to believe, were hurtful to him. Like, she was just, she was trying to sell this book, right? She wrote this book, and she was trying to sell it, was doing all these interviews and saying just kind of nutty things. Then I see this article the other day, and here's the headline. Jada Pinkett Smith says Oscar's incident, the one where... Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, saved her marriage, calls it the holy slap. Um, wow. Yeah. So uh, this was the, the night when Will Smith won his Best Actor Award. Chris Rock makes a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's short hair. Will walks up on stage, slaps him. A lot of people were confused, thought maybe it was a... a, a uh, a skit or something, but then he started like, you know, yelling obscenities <laughs> after he went back and sat down. So people knew it was real. Uh, Jada Pickett Smith was talking to the daily mail as one does, <laughs> which, okay. Uh, said she's thankful for the incident and in that it wound up saving her marriage. So Cody, I'm confused. Because when last we heard, there was no marriage. Although she did um, heroically say she would never divorce him. 
even though they hadn't lived together in apparently years. <sighs> this makes Will look so bad. I know. Like, like, does she not even realize? As someone that is all about the marriage and like try not to divorce if you can avoid it. Like yeah. at this point, they're making me go full on worldly and just divorce. Just do it. I, there is not many scenarios outside of violence where I wouldn't say, hey, fight for your marriage. Yeah. Because we're pastors. Like we believe that, hey, loving people's hard. It's not, it's not supposed to be easy. You made a vow, tried uh, to hold it outside of those certain circumstances that's like, no, you need to yeah, abuse yourself. Yes. Either physical or mental. Because there's such thing as mental abuse. Yes. But like if Will Smith was sitting here right in this room with us, I think I'd be like, well, you should fight for Run. Uh, what? What? Did you? What? <laughs> run! Run, like, dude! He is making me want to call him like a bird that is a common bird that kicks other birds' eggs out of their nest and then lays an egg and has those other birds raise the egg. Um, <laughs> you can Google what that bird's called. And so, yes, I'll let you read between the lines of how this makes my friend William look. Look, okay, this is what or she Wilford. said. Listen to this quote. This is great. I nearly didn't even attend the Oscars that year, but I'm glad I did. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you're glad because now you can write a book. Anyways, she goes on. I call it the holy slap now because so many positive things came after it. For who? <laughs> I don't know if Will is experiencing the same positivity. <laughs> she goes on. That moment of the stuff hitting the fan is when you see where you really are. After all those years trying to figure out if I would leave Will's side, it took that slap for me to see I will never leave him. Who knows where our relationship would be if that hadn't happened? I am so confused, Cody. Like, what is she talking about? She literally, like, one month ago said that they weren't even living together. Um, so I imagine their relationship would be pretty close to the same as it is now, but he would be getting more movies. Does he seem like he's getting movies, though? He doesn't seem as high profile I, as he no, was. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah. if the slap hadn't happened, their relationship would be the same. He would just be getting more movies. Right, okay, <laughs> now I got you. I understand you now. I, I'll... All I know is if, like, I was a counselor for them, I think right now I'm at blackjack dealer stage. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I, I got nothing. How do you, how do you cancel, counsel this person? She doesn't seem like she deals in reality. It's uh, wild. Celebrities, what, their lives must just be wild. And I just feel so, like, I think I said this last time we talked about it. I just feel so bad for their kids because they're being raised as celebrities. I mean, they both, he's, uh, Jaden, is that Jaden Smith? Yeah. He's been in movies. The girl did, had like a hit single. She whips her hair back oh, and forth. But like their life must not feel real. Like where's the, where's the, uh, the sincerity and the genuineness of love and life? Well, maybe Jaden might get an offer to be in the next Karate Kid movie. I hope so. I worry for their kids. Like, this is this can't be healthy. 
cannot be healthy for those kids. Um, Cody, we, apparently we need to talk about Panera's lemonade. Yeah. What's, what's happening with the lemonade, Cody? People have died. It's all jacked up. Uh, like two people at least. Apparently Panera's Panera bread, Panera bread. Why, why does Panera bread have an energy lemonade? What do you even need that for? Your Panera bread. Um, well, so we have in our community these places that have those teas that are all bright, colorful, and they're not really that much tea. There's some energy stuff in it. There's some water and then a little bit of tea. And so you don't get that nasty tea taste, and it's all bright and colorful. Well, Panera is like, we can do that with lemonade. It's wild. I just, I don't even understand why it fits with their their image. Because lemonade is perceived to be healthy, Dave. But this is clearly not healthy. So they're dealing with two wrongful death lawsuits, which, how long have they even had this drink? It's, it's linked to or blamed for two deaths, and in parentheses it says, and counting. Um, so, besides the, the price of said chain restaurant, um, they do have a lot of these health issues. Because that documentary we watched about the healthy food killing people. It, that lady that almost died yeah. in, from spinach. It was Panera spinach. Oh, it was Panera? Yeah. I forgot that already. Uh, Panera, okay, so here's the thing. First of all, let's, let's look at the facts. Panera's charged lemonade has a lot of caffeine. 260 milligrams in a 20-ounce serving, 390 milligrams in a 30-ounce serving, and most stores allow individuals to pour their own cups. Though some have moved that drink dispenser behind the counter. Smart move. Uh, a label on the tank states the flavor followed in smaller print by a claim that the lemonade is, quote, plant-based and clean with as much caffeine as our dark roast coffee. That's sort of arc- uh, accurate, apparently, but mm-hmm. maybe misleading since Panera does not sell 30-ounce coffees. Like, coffee is, coffee, first of all, tastes like junk. And so it's it's a sipping thing. Whereas lemonade, if it's sweet, you'll drink that like crazy. You'll guzzle it down. Um, They do sell a 20-ounce light roast with 384 milligrams of of caffeine. So it's, you know, it's roughly close, I suppose. Um, So here's the allegations. A 21-year-old had a disorder called long QT type 1 syndrome that causes abnormal heart rhythms. Mm. She strenuously avoided caffeine, but allegedly drank a charged lemonade without realizing it was an energy drink. So she saw lemonade. Oh, that's sad. And at some point after consuming the beverage, she had a heart attack and she died. A 46-year-old man had an intellectual disability and high blood pressure. While he, too, avoided caffeine, he allegedly consumed three cups of the charged lemonade, thinking it was regular lemonade. So, again, you have, like, a mistake. Because I would, again, argue, if I walked into Panera, I just wouldn't expect them to have an energy drink in the fountain. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to fit. He also had a heart attack and died. Um, 
And here's the part that really, I think, sucks from the corporation that owns Panera Bread. Because um, this has all gone viral. There's a lot of TikTok videos. A um, lot of Twitter uh, posts. Yeah, the lawsuits are pending. Um, and you'd think if you had lawsuits pending, you'd be careful. Uh, but here's what Panera says. Panera, this is their official stance, stands by the product for now, though it has added more warnings about the ingredients. Well, of course they stand by it. They're getting, you know what this reminds me of? You know the movie Scrooged with Bill Murray? Vaguely familiar with it. Okay, so remember there's an ad that they're showing for their Christmas special, and it's ridiculous. It's super violent and scary. And and someone brings it to the boss's, Bill Murray's attention, says, uh, apparently some lady had a heart attack and died when she saw this your spot. And he's quiet for a minute, and then he goes, that's great! <laughs> you can't buy publicity like that! That's how I imagine the Panera company is. Like, Quite I think, possibly. I think in behind closed doors, they're glad. So I wonder, should Lemonade be off limits to these alterations? Because I do know of a story of someone that is somewhat of a world-renowned theologian. Oh, okay. Um he went to a baseball game, uh, purchased a hard lemonade, not realizing that meant that there was alcohol in it, and his kid was thirsty, let him have the first drink out of said hard lemonade. Oh, no. And then had Child Protective Services, like, meet him at the stadium. What? And so... This is not an uncommon story of people thinking lemonade is just water, lemon juice, and sugar. Wow. Yeah, you really, I think with these energy drinks and even the hard lemonade stuff and whatever else, I know they make tons of drinks like that too. I think you need to call it the name of it. Like the, um, like, so if it's in the fountain, for instance, it needs to be Red Bull whatever. Yeah. Right. That needs to be the letters in big print, not lemonade. Because yeah. apparently Panera markets this as just charged lemonade. That's the name of it, which seems like you're being a little, you're a little misleading. Well, that that's what they call the tease, though, that <clears throat> you can get at the local drinking holes around here. It's charged tea. Oh, okay. And so, like, the caffeine levels are in those as well. Or as Ted Lasso calls it, charged garbage water. Yes. Uh, do you have thoughts about Kevin Costner and Jewel dating? Um, what I think about is Jewel yodeling. <laughs> I uh, think about that a lot, too, <laughs> actually. And... Um, because of you, I think about Kevin Costner, like, constantly, like, putting his tongue around his mouth. <laughs> the best tongue actor <laughs> in the game. So, I mean, it's a weird combination, and it seems awful quick for Kevin. Yeah, he just recently got divorced, uh, 18 years of marriage. He's 68. Jewel is 49, and... By the way, looks fantastic. She looks like she did 20 years ago. So, like, I thought she was married to a rodeo guy. I think she was. I think she's also 
um, recently divorced. Yeah. yeah. Which poor Jewel. That's that's sad, but I don't know. Maybe 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 it's uh, they're they're moving on to something better. Maybe. Well, I know my friend Kevin. He's all about you got to protect the ranch, and she clearly <laughs> is okay with ranching. So all I know is when I saw the headline in the TMZ subsequent TMZ article, I was like, Kevin Costner and Jewel. Man, 90, 1995 is stoked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is big news. Um, Christopher Nolan did an interview recently, and he started talking about Zack Snyder, which is kind of an odd thing for him to talk about. It's not, though. It's not? Because Nolan, like, executive produced the whole Snyderverse. Oh, did he really? He, he executive produced all that? I believe so. We'll have to ask Scotty. I would Google it, but I know he had a hand in uh, leading DC to Zack Snyder uh, to be in charge of the Snyderverse. Yeah. He he did, um, first of all, offer that there's a moment in all the Zack Snyder films that still that lives rent-free in his head, uh, and it would be the scene from Man of Steel where Kevin Costner tells Kevin Costner, our friend Kevin Costner, tells young Clark that whatever his origin, he's still his son. And Chris Nolan says it puts a lump in my throat every time. Mm. That was a good scene. I will stand by that I think Kevin Costner was a great choice and did great work as Paul Kent. I'm just not happy with the writing of his demise. <laughs> but let's not go there Still again. confused by him putting rocks on top of the mountain. Um, but he started talking about Snyder's movie, The Watchmen. Such a good movie. Um, he said, because the, the, the interviewer, basically said, hey, it's a film that didn't perform well at the box office, blah, blah, blah. But Chris Nolan says, I've always believed Watchmen was ahead of its time. I do too. The idea of a superhero team, which it so brilliantly subverts, wasn't yet a thing in movies. It would have been fascinating to see if it was released post-Avengers. Oh. Maybe he's right. Because it does. Uh, Watchmen is subversive to comic book culture. Very much so. Um, But... Oh, that's the movie that I'm like, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's the man. Yeah. Well, right. Him as the comedian nailed it. But how come for all these comic book parts, there's these iconic parts where you're always like, it feels like Jeffrey Dean Morgan is always the perfect choice for it. Oh, I couldn't. I can't think of anyone that would have done the comedian better than Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Like... I really wish in The Flash they would have used Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas Wayne. I do, too. Uh, Why why do you think they didn't try to stick closer to the Flashpoint story that was done in the comics? Why didn't they? Keaton was wanting back in as Batman. And with the Batgirl movie that was supposed to come out, Maybe it all would have made a lot more sense, but since we didn't get the Batgirl movie, it's just this weird, hey, let's have Michael Keaton back. Sometimes I think I really want a Big Mac, but it's not a good idea. <laughs> it's just like, you know, like, I, okay, I get that Keaton maybe wanted to put the cow back on, but do it another way. Um, according to Danny DeVito, he would be down to be back. No. If you get Tim Burton back, no. the whole gang's together. No. 
No, we don't need any of that. James Gunn should not take any calls from Tim Burton, Danny DeVito, or anyone else involved in those movies. Those movies were not that good. I'm sorry, they just weren't. From a comic book lover point of view, we liked them because it was nobody had done serious Batman. It had been campy Adam West Batman. That's all. And so it was serious, and so, so it was like, oh, this is okay. But from a comic book lover standpoint, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. My friend Christopher Nolan changed the whole narrative. Yeah, he did. I, I, I don't have a problem saying that. He did it right. Um, Netflix is trying out. Yeah, for, for a long time, there hasn't been a real tried and true way to kind of measure streaming. Mm-hmm. Because it's sort of, I don't know, these companies sort of guard that a little bit. And then they they try to present it in different ways to make it look better. Especially, you know, I don't want to mention any names, but Disney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, they try to say, like, oh, this is how many views it has. When, you know, you're not, like, how many times did it just start playing when someone. Yeah, yeah. the autoplay thing is kind of annoying. Yeah. Looking at you, Netflix. Um, but Netflix is now coming out with, um, it looks like twice a year, they're going to come out with their own engagement report um, called What We Watched. And the review is going to reveal the total number of hours viewed. And that's a better way to, to put it out there, total number of hours viewed, because that's like how long people are watching something, that which is good. Um any major title that has accrued over 50,000 hours of viewership as well as its premiere date and if it was available to watch globally. And so the company published its first report alongside this announcement, which featured information collected from January until June this past year. Sandman. Okay. I don't know if it was one, but it should have been. at, At the top of the list with 812 million plus hours viewed, was the first season of the high-stakes thriller The Night Agent? What? Did you watch this? Where was I? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm bringing this up because I haven't heard of a lot of these. Uh, trailing behind that s- series was Ginny in Georgia Season 2. Okay, I had heard of that one. But you didn't watch it? No. Um, the Glory took third? I, I don't even know what that is. Uh, Wednesday was up there with 507 billion total hours, million, sorry, million total hours. Uh, Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story also up there. Uh, they rounded out their top 10 with you season four. Did, have you okay, watched you? I've watched you. Outer Banks season three, Ginny and Georgia, which I already mentioned, and Arnold Schwarzenegger's Bar season one. Does uh, that surprise you? I Who's watching this? Well, so, I mean... I just would have assumed it was Wednesday. I would have assumed Wednesday would have been higher. Um, Like, with the global audience, that's going to skew things. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Um, Suits continues to draw. I, I don't understand the resurgence of Suits. I didn't care for it when it was happening in the moment. I actually kind of dug Suits. So Suits for the first few seasons is a really interesting um, construct. 
like the story about a guy with like a photographic memory who lies his way into becoming a lawyer, even though he never, he never like went to school for it, but he passes the bar because he has a photographic memory as one does. Yeah. And so all of that construct is a really interesting starting point. Uh, but then when dramas usually go stale, it's because they keep trying to lean into what they've already done. And suits does a great job of being in on the joke. So like suits gets campier the longer it goes on and to the, while still being a drama. And so they like, they start having catchphrases. And <laughs> so like once per episode, like the one dude, the lead dude's like, what the H did you just say to me? <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like once an episode and, and by the fifth season or whatever, my wife and I just break out laughing every time he says it, because it's just like, they're clearly in on the joke, the writers. Well, good. Um, anyways, it's, I, I just thought it was a great show and it's weird to see a show all of a sudden get a second life on a streaming network years after it debuted and didn't get that much attention when it was on. Well, it was on USA. I, I think it has a lot to do with Meghan Markle being on it. You know, the Duchess of whatever, um, before she was the Duchess. I'm just telling you, if you all love suits. I got a show for you with Tony Shaloub called Monk. USA really had a lot of good shows. They did. I, I was Psych. A, a Psych was great. I was a fan of Royal Pains. That one I watched a little bit of. Um, what was the other one with the, the agent guy? Secret agent. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. I watched that one a little bit, too, but I can't even remember because the dude in it, the start in it was like a guy, not a guy you would remember. But it was good. <laughs> so good. I can't remember anything about it. Um, okay. Let's wrap this all up by talking about our friend Zachary Levi. Okay. <sighs> the Zach attack. Why is it when Zachary Levi says anything, he just gets pounced on? Why do people not like Zachary Levi? Well, let me rephrase that. Why did Twitter, why does Twitter not like Zachary Levi? Is it because he's Christian? So... Or does he does he legitimately say dumb things and and earn getting pounced on? So the amount of pouncing he gets, I don't think is equivalent to what he has said. Um, like Kevin Sorbo has reaped what he has sown. Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, if you don't know who that is, he played Hercules back in the day. Or God's not dead. The no, guy that dies. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge that movie existing. Um, but uh, Zach, I honestly hasn't said that much that I would think is too controversial. There's like some groups on Twitter that have a definite political bent. They're like, oh, he likes this group, and this group is has done this horrible thing and he supports the Salvation Army and how dare he? Well, okay, first of all, let's stop with they've done this horrible thing. Usually that horrible thing is hold a different political position than I do. So that, I think, is a little bit of it. But then with him being someone that said, oh, yeah, I have a faith life. and Get that out of here. And... The thing is, is he's usually just funny. Yeah. And he doesn't seem threatening in any way. Yeah. 
but yet it's weird because a lot of this happens on Twitter or now X and Elon Musk. We talked a little bit about this before we you know, started recording that I think Elon Musk went in with the thought of trying to balance it out a little bit because it was Twitter, you know, was heavily a liberal playground. And instead of, and he did balance it out, but I, I think the unintended consequence of what he did was now it's even more polarized than ever. So a lot of the language and the stuff you see on Twitter when it, it involves talking about people you disagree with has gotten worse. It's I, extremist. I just don't like it. Like every time I get on X and start reading stuff, I'm almost always sorry I did. It's just a, a hateful place. I like it for its wrestling content. <laughs> yeah, there's some so certain pockets of it still are are fun. Right now, I'm currently avoiding the football pocket. Oh gosh, yeah. Anyways, so Zachary Levi does this interview, and the interviewer is asking about the new DC universe with James Gunn um, leading it, and saying he's talking about, hey, you know that. Uh, what's his name? Who played Aquaman is going to get a new role. Looks like, and Sean Gunn, the brother of James Gunn, he just got announced as villain Maxwell Lord that was played by uh, Pedro in the that Wonder Woman movie. Yep. Correct. Mm-hmm. So now Sean Gunn's going to be this, and and Zachary, I, I think if you didn't listen to the interview, he's trying to be funny. It's yeah. lighthearted. And he said, listen, when you're the brother of the guy who runs DC, I guess you get to play whoever you want. Because he had said just before this, he he mentions that line. He, he had said, um, well, I don't think I'm, he, I'm, he was skeptical that he was going to get to play Shazam or anything else. Yeah. I mean, he did word it. I like the way he worded it, that it's uh, like a soft rolling reboot that like some characters will remain. Yeah. Some won't. Um, and that he, he wants to, if there's an opportunity to, uh, cause Shazam one, Shazam two were good. Yeah. Well, he says, um, and Sean Gunn's also voicing weasel in the upcoming animated DC TV series, creature commandos, which he was weasel in suicide squad. Okay. Okay. So like. That's one of those characters that just rolled over. Let's shift the discussion a little bit, though. Um, are, are you concerned at all with James Gunn no. doling out roles to his friends and family? No. You're not concerned? Not at all. Is it cons- Okay, I agree. I don't really care who he casts. Can he stop talking about it, though? Why does he mix it up on, on social media with, these, with people who want to criticize it? Um, like, why doesn't he just... Stop talking and make the movies. Well, my friend Marty, he just keeps casting Robert De Niro every time he gets a chance. And he doesn't stop talking either. <laughs> so Marty uh, earned it, though. I'm not so sure James Gunn should be out there mixing it up. Um, James Gunn is the reason we have an infinity gauntlet. Okay. But and he's not doing that now. He's doing DC and he hasn't even put out his first movie yet. And it's going to be epic. And I hope you're right. He, well, he already made a DC movie, and he already made a DC series, and it was easily the best series that DC has had. I noticed you skipped right over what you thought of the movies, though. Because they're, I they're okay. The movie. They're just okay. Well, we, it was one movie. He didn't make the first right, Suicide right. Squad. Yeah, so, you're right. But, and it, but it, it was okay. Well, I mean, it's 
the Suicide Squad. It's not like it's the Justice League. Yeah. It's so, not all his fault either because DC was floating around him. has been, you know, a fog. So but, even if he made a good movie, I don't know that it would be remembered as a good movie. Oh, I loved Sly Stallone in Suicide Squad. Yeah, the shark. King Shark. King Shark. Yeah, he's and awesome. <laughs> I love Sly. I just love Sly. And thanks to Jimmy Gunn and casting his friends, we get more Sly. Well, that's good. I'm here for Sly. I'm here for that. Um, I just want to end this by saying, leave Zachary Levi alone. Like, the guy did get a raw deal. Shazam 1 and Shazam 2 are both good movies. I enjoyed both of them. I just remember when he was, like, an under-the-radar, like, America's sweetheart. Because everyone that <sighs> yeah. watched Chuck really liked Chuck. Yeah, well, everyone loved Chuck. I loved Chuck. And yeah. and I don't know. Is there a part of me that thinks Zachary Levi, maybe behind the scenes, could be, like, super narcissistic, whatever? I don't oh, know. yeah. Maybe. There's a chance. I don't know <laughs> Like, you meet me on the wrong day, you're going to be like, this guy's a pastor and a therapist? It's been the wrong day for several <laughs> days in a row. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. That's enough of the news. That was a grab bag episode. We just went through a bunch of things. We did. Uh, tell us what you thought about any of those news items. What do you think of Zachary Levi? I, Would you like more Zachary Levi Shazam? I'm thinking we need to make free Felicity bracelet <laughs> uh, merch we need some pop culture pasta merch with free felicity huffman free felicity and Lori laughlin stop when will this national nightmare be over why do bad things happen to good people oh on that note let's get out of here Play yes. the music. Someone play the music. Start the music. We're out. Uh, you know, normal things apply. Please subscribe, review, subscribe to us on YouTube. We're on YouTube now, and that will help us. Subscribe, like all the posts you see. That also helps with the algorithm. Hey, we'll see you next week for our Be Kind Rewind of the Muppet Christmas Carol. Until then. Pop culture pastor.